0: Welcome to the Midlife CEO podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I love these guest interviews. And today we have another very special guest. Phyllis was introduced to me by another woman who I also had on the podcast show. So we're going to link back to Patty uh, and her episode as well. And so Patty introduced me to Phyllis. So, you know, I'm all about relationship marketing and connections. And so Phyllis and I were connected from Patty. And then I met Phyllis in person and realized what she does. And I thought I have to have her on the show. So without further ado, my guest today is Phyllis Nichols, and she's of soundadvicestrategies.com. We're going to be talking about podcasting. She has a podcast business and she's going to tell you all about this, but I'm going to give you a brief introduction of who she is, and then we're going to dive right in. So she's the founder of Sound Advice Strategies, a podcast podcast production company. She's a salesperson at heart who found her way to podcasts on a dare, which I'm gonna need to know more about. Her husband and business partner was her one-man production team. Humble beginnings, I think she says. So that's pretty cool. Um, No one is more delighted than Phyllis that her previous sales consulting work turned into amplifying and selling the messages of her clients. When she's not listening to podcasts, you can you will find her reading a good book, taking a long walk in the park, or diving into her latest new project. Phyllis, it's so good to have you on the on
1: the show. Thank you, Jeannie. It's so nice to be here. I have really been looking forward to this ever since you um, uh, invited me. So uh, yeah, it, I'm just kind of giddy that we're getting to sit down and do this today. That's so great. I have
0: like a thousand questions on my, on my notes today, but I have to start with the first one. You know, like this is this is a big deal, starting your own business. And
1: talk about the dare. What do you mean by you started this on a dare? Well, so the, I started podcasting on a dare. And so I'd had a business. Okay. Um, I actually started my business in 2008, um, coming right out of a corporate sales uh, job that I'd had for a number of years and had been very successful and my first iteration of the business it was uh called Sound Advice sales and marketing and i was really working and teaching other people how to sell i kind of got connected with a lot of small business owners uh here in columbus where i live and a number of them were super brilliant and had these amazing products and services and they were really struggling to sell them and i was like well i know how to do that so um we started working with them and then slowly over time what I found and and people would bring me in to kind of talk to their sales teams or different things. And what I found a lot of times is that the salespeople were actually quite motivated and dedicated, um, and they had terrible messaging. And so it kind of got into like how we talk about, you know, our products and services anyway. So in 2000, I actually started my first podcast in 2011, like, which is like the, you know, very beginning, very early stages of podcasting. And uh, in 2012, my husband got really sick and a whole bunch of stuff happened. And we had to just, I just had to stop and put it, I just had to stop doing it. And so anyways, that, so now it's a number of years later, I think in, um, and I should really know the, the, the year anyway, I think it's 2017 or 18. And I was in a mastermind group, which is where I met Patty. And, um, and, and I had literally for like nine months i think we had these quarters where we had a goal every quarter you know in this group there was mm-hmm. a little bit of a structure to it and every quarter my goal was to start the podcast and it wouldn't happen and it would be to start the podcast and it wouldn't happen and so finally i don't know if it's so much as a dare as they were like if you don't start your podcast like we're going to sort of kick you out of the group like you have to <gasps> you have to do this and, and I, don't, I don't think they really wouldn't have kicked me out however right. it was sort of the the push i needed i was like okay i'm really going to do it um and I share that though, because I think that's a really common, I think that's common. I think a lot of people who want a podcast, um, and maybe do some other things like video and some other things, but, you know, I think we, we want to do it. Like the desire is there and we sometimes stop ourselves, right. Cause we're just, you know, and I, I, I think I'm just like everybody else. I was not sure I understood all the tech. I wasn't sure, like I would come across really well. Like I just, you know. I just, I had hesitations and I I had thoughts. And uh, so, and it stopped me. Now, once I got started, I was like, oh my gosh, right? Like, this is great. I love it. And, um, and I wasn't, I don't think I was very good in the beginning. I think I've gotten a little better. It's something I still work on. But, um, but I'm really, really glad I started.
0: I love that this story because I think what you're saying is uh, a lot of us are visionaries, we're creatives and we come up with these great ideas and then they end up on our, 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 like our goals, right? Like that's a list of things that we want to do. And then you you didn't say this, but I think this is how I, it happens for me. It's kind of like, it comes up as a really great idea. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to push that one back and push it back and push it back. And I don't know if it was the case for you, but part of what happens for me is that I'm busy as a business owner. And so on one hand, it's like, is that going to take a lot of time and work? But then there's also another part of it is, is this going to be good? And and then, so like, there's a mind chatter that happens too. So were you at a stage in your business where your business was busy too? And it felt like, like it was a combination of, oh, is this going to be a lot of work? And was there a little bit of mind chatter at at the same time of like, oh, it was a great idea, but how is this really going to work out?
1: Was there a combination of that for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Both, right? So one of it was just Again, you're so right. So as a visionary, right? Like I have ideas for days and things that I want to do. And my husband, he like he, he works in the business with me now. When I started this, he had a full time job with another company and he helped me with stuff. But um, my husband likes to say, like you know, you have the like I have the ideas and he does all the work, which which is not quite true. But he's 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 who started helping me with editing, for example, right? He was the guy you know, I was kind of like, okay, I recorded this stuff, it needs some work, and he has a little bit of an aptitude for that kind of thing, and he's a programmer, and just has a, whatever, so he just figured all that out, but yeah, you're right, so it was both of those things, one was like, okay, I want to do this, right, but there's also, now we're getting into a process piece of things, right, there's a process to, like, getting your recording, and then how do you get it out on iTunes, and how do you get it out, and, you know, all of those steps, and then, um, you know, that's, and honestly, that's where I sort of break down and then go oh you know what I feel like I have something more important to do today I'm going to just shelve this right
0: Yeah, it does that's not
1: yes. the part that's fun for me yes. um and and certainly coming up with content ideas was not a problem but obviously like I think anytime we're putting any content out in the world and this doesn't matter if it's a podcast or if it's a blog post or a video or, or even just maybe something on social media, like a, a post on you know Instagram or something, right? I think we all get, uh, I think we gotta get comfortable with it, but I think there's always that like in the back of your mind just for a second, maybe like, is anybody gonna care? Is this gonna resonate with anybody? Certainly, I mean, I have, I have those doubts. I think, I, I feel like, I think everybody probably does to some extent, um, but yeah, but it was definitely the process part of it probably scared me the most. Um, but yeah, all of those things were definitely both going on. So for like literally almost nine months, I was like, yes, I'm going to get my favorite thing, right? It's, it's always going to happen tomorrow. Right, right. right. Tomorrow I'm going to get I really, I'm going to really, really, really do it tomorrow. <laughs> and then you know, tomorrow comes and I'm busy. And I was busy at that time in my business. It was just myself. I had, did have a VA that I was doing most of the client deliverables. And, um, so it, you know, it was quite legitimate too. There were days where it's like, you know, my day was definitely filled up with client calls and client meetings. We were doing a lot of copywriting and messaging work at the time. So, yeah. you know, that there were times where like big blocks of hours were literally devoted to that kind of work. So yeah. it's not like I was, you know, off like just wasting time somewhere. I mean, I was busy doing some other things and then, um, you know, that were legitimate um, uh, uh, things that were, you know, I had a responsibility to actually complete as well. So yeah, sometimes it felt, it felt okay, right? I could let myself off the hook and be like, well, I've got to get this done for this client. Like I I can't do my thing today.
0: And that happens, you know, I see clients in two stages. One is the when you're first like growing your business or ramping up your business, you have more time. Right. And so in some cases you have time, it's like, how do I spend my time and what do I focus on? And then on the other side, it's like, I don't have as much time because I have to do all of these other things in my business. And so is this idea something that can fit into what everything else that I have going on. And so the two stages of business owners I often work with, they struggle with sort of like, you know, the, the, on one side, well, actually mindset stuff comes up in both of that, but also it's like, should I do all of this? Does this make sense? And how much of this should I do on my own? And when should I hire an outsource? And can I, can I edit this myself? And so, you know, it's so good that you're here because as a podcast production company, I think the conversation that I really want to go even deeper into is there's going to be a point where, People are going to say who are listening to this, they're going to say, I probably do want to have my own podcast, and it feels overwhelming to do it. And that's not my skill set. So we're, we'll talk more about that. but um, but it's also helpful to hear you, you as a podcast production company, you know, you know where your zone of genius is and what your husband does, your partner and your staff does for you, that you can stay in your zone. Of brilliance, and I want to pick up or talk about this messaging, sales. Right? I know that these you're great at relationship connecting and all of that too. Um, so, pivoting back to some of the things that you took from what you used to do, you had that great experience. A lot of my clients don't necessarily have sales experience, so did you find that to be beneficial for you in the early stages of your business taking? some of what you used to do in your old work and bring it into your business?
1: Oh, gosh, absolutely. Um, Yes. So, I mean, I think I know I've heard you say this on your podcast, um, I think, and and obviously at your event that I attended last uh, fall. But, you know, I mean, you don't have a business if you're not bringing in clients, if you're not selling in some way. Right. And Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely, that was definitely a big advantage. I mean, and to this day, I do outbound selling, which is something that I think a lot of, and and you know I, I, because I like doing that, right? But mm-hmm. I, lo- I know a lot of people do not like doing that. And we do a lot of it stuff that brings, we could even talk about what inbound and outbound is. So outbound, I'll just tell people like, mm-hmm. Please, I have a list, quite. I have a list of people. I'm not kidding. It's on a, it's on a board that that's a bulletin board that's on the wall in front of me. And I have a list of people and/or companies that don't have podcasts that I think would be great podcasters, <laughs> and I, I reach and I reach out to these people and I tell them like I literally sort of cold call and say, hey, you know, I anyway I have a whole process around it, but I I like doing that. I don't I I try to do that like at least one or two of those calls uh, every week. It's not something I do like all day, every day, or anything like that. Um, but we do some things like that, right? Because it's it's partly what I'm good at. And I Mm -hmm. know that those kinds of things move the needle. So it's interesting, um, you know, some of those people have become clients. Some of them, uh, several of them have not become clients, but they've been good contacts. They've introduced Mm -hmm. me to other people. I have somebody, I have one person I've reached out to who I still think would be a fantastic podcaster. She has a great Ted talk. Like she's just an amazing person. And she doesn't want, I don't know why she's really resistant to podcasting, but she now we've, over the course of having a little little chats about this. Um, And uh, she had a book that came out a couple of years ago. So I read her book and I kind of I I made kind of a big deal about that and shared it with a bunch of people Anyway, she now sends me people, clients. Right. So it's a great connection (laughs) to have made. And I I think I learned that in my sales world, too. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, back in the you know, when I was working for a big corporation, they were like, you know, here's a list of companies that you're responsible for calling on was a B2B sales. And yep. so I, it was my job to just, and I had t- to have evidence that I had made these calls and I'd made these contacts. And sometimes, and you know, this in large corporations, like I might, I tried to call over probably ten different people. I was in IT sales, so I was calling on purchasing, and I was calling on the IT manager and the whatever the data center manager, right? Like, there's a whole list of people. I'm like, I'm just gonna make contacts wherever I make contacts and see where it leads me. Um yeah. And so that has certainly. Uh, and it continues to, um, you know, to be helpful to me and to uh, to our business.
0: Well, I love this because I, I learned how to sell in a similar way. And also, um, so I'll I'll just backtrack a tiny bit here. So when I first was selling, I was selling one-to-one and I was in Medicare sales. And so I was given a list of people in my gen- a general area that I was, my geographic area. And so I had the list of people, some of them were like contacting us as an organization and they would say, we would like to have, you, you know, your representative come out and meet with us. But then we also had this other interest list of people who were, you know, this is 19, early 1990s or mid 1990s. And so I had to follow up with them. And so of course I was working off of this paper list and then, you know, you had the the cold leads, you had the warm leads, you had the hot leads and everything. And mm-hmm. So I learned I learned how to develop relationships and I got I also knew how to get referrals from the people that I was working with, you know, that didn't always become clients and what, I love what you're saying here is that sometimes that happens. They either don't see the need or they're resistant to it. But they're like, I see somebody else who can and I'm going to introduce you. And uh, uh, later on and as I started working with companies I was responsible for developing relationships with people and then also following up with them year after year after year. And they would always laugh. They'd be like, Oh, it's the time of year you're gonna call. And I'm like, Yep, because one year we're gonna work together. Um, but I did. I would sometimes yeah. work to maintain a, a a potential client relationship um for five or six years before they would become a client. And and they and I liked it. <laughs> so yeah. um but we, are. but we also get the advantage of selling online. And I want to talk a little bit about that as well. You are now obviously you working with people in podcasting. It is a virtual platform. Um, and a lot of people I would imagine are starting podcasts. And so one of the things I'd love to have you talk about are some of the trends that you're seeing. And we, you know, as you know, after the pandemic, a lot of my clients who were on live stages are now either on other people's podcasts or wanting to start their own podcasts. And so I'm curious, what are you seeing for some trends right now um, with regard to the podcasting and so forth?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Um, and I love that. I love your sales story too, because I think you are great at at, at relationships, and um, which is part of the reason why I really enjoyed your event. I got there, and it was just this. If you have, if, if you ever have, if people listening, if Jeannie has an event in the future, you should go. No matter, just just go. I went without any really preconceived ideas. I just it sort of appealed to me, and Patty was like, "You should go." And I, cause I'm like, I don't know, should I go? Like, I don't know Jeannie very well. Anyway, so. You're great at relationships and and your sales experience, obviously, is such good evidence of that. Um, Trends, though, on podcasting. So one thing, and I know you talk about this with your clients, right, which is owning your own, uh, having your own platform, right? We know that, um, and this is not news to anybody, but we know that even if we're doing and getting a lot of nice leads and making connections on social media platforms, um, you know, you don't own your content there. And you don't own, you don't get to change, you know, you're not in charge of the rules there, right? Like they can decide how many people see a post or don't see a post and people's, uh, one of our clients had a, a, an Instagram account that had thousands and thousands of followers just shut down one day. Like they, they, she still has never really had any like reason why, you know, just so. Yeah. I don't think we need to go on about that, but owning your own platform, I think is important and it doesn't have to be a podcast, but it could be, right. It can also be, you know, your blog and a website and some other things. So I think that's imp- an important point to make, but yes. some of the trends that we're seeing, and, and I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anybody, but I think it's important to know, right. Because mo- what's working today is a little bit different than what we were doing even a couple of years ago. I think it's just an extension of, so right now, a couple of key things are happening with the kind of content and this would apply if you're podcasting or maybe if you're doing video or even if you're doing blog posts or whatever right I think this applies to all types of content. Um, so um, is is being really like uh, what we would call human focused with empathy um, with true sincere. um and true, sincere desire to help and to provide value. I know we hear the term authentic a lot, and now it sort of is, you know, I feel like it's lost all meaning, but mm-hmm. um, that is, this is not just, these are not just marketing buzzwords. We, uh, big companies and, and and agencies whose job it is to figure out like what's gonna move the needle. Um, we're talking super big ad agencies, ad age and, and some other people that really pay attention to all of this stuff. Um, you know, we are now telling us that, and and this is no surprise to, I'm sure to you, or, right, we're consumers too, right, and so we're now responding to ads and companies and content that is uh, genuine, that's literally sort of leading with their empathy, leading with their, I think, their value and their desire to help, right, so I Mm -hmm. think that's number one, and I think, and I know you work mostly with women, right, and so I think women excel at this so i would encourage people to lean into that Great, i love this well and
0: something i heard from you when you came to my event which thank you so much for coming and it was it was a lovely event and i hope to have another one in the future uh but i I remember very distinctly you talking about podcasts and women and there was something you're so passionate about with regard to podcasting and women and i love for you to repeat if you recall you probably yes, do.
1: I what, do what did you say yeah so people may be surprised to know this so men and women listen to podcasts at about 50 50. um it's it's fairly even and has been for quite some time for for i mean for years when they when they you know in, dive into like listener demographics and statistics what isn't what people may not know is that um when we started podcasting uh the second time back in like i think whatever 17 or 18 only seven percent of podcasts were women hosted mm-hmm. i mean which is a crazy small number now right now depending on whose statistics you look at I, it's probably somewhere i think they think it's right around 32 to 35 percent of wow. shows are now women hosted which is great that's big progress however r- right they're just women's voices are still really just not being heard. You know, and it's not because our content isn't good. It's not because we're not um you know saying things that are really helpful. We're, it's it's just um we're you know which we're we're just not being heard. We're just not getting through. And part of it's because just enough of us haven't really stepped up to do it. And and I think it's a little bit of an ownership right stepping into our this is another trend by the way is really, I think for women, especially to just really own your expertise and you can come at it from a place of service. You don't have to come from it from a place of ego, but to really say, you know what? I know I'm a subject matter expert on this thing and I know what I know and I'm good at this. And I really have a genuine desire to share this with other people who are interested in this information. And it's it can be as simple as that. And um, so we want more people. So we have, I just started Sound Advice FM, which is just about a year old. It's a podcast network. Um, Specifically, the the whole goal of that was just to elevate and amplify women's voices to help those women podcasters cut through. And to this day, even, even though women have caught up and there are a number of really fabulous, Jeannie included, a number of fabulous women podcasters out there now, which is great. Um, If you look at the top 100, podcasts in any genre um it would be lucky the top 100 on any genre even parenting it's it would be it would be it would be shocking if there's more than 10 women on that list and in most of them there's less than five there's five or less oh so gosh. which is which is crazy part of it part of it there's two things part of it is because some of these podcasts and some of the podcasts that the guys started um mm-hmm. and i'm not anti-men that are great but they, yeah. they've been doing it longer right so and podcasting's a bit of a long game so they've been doing it longer so their shows just kind of you know rank up there there's just have this larger library of content. So some of that makes sense but i think part of it is just that women um just you know we we just have to do a better job of, of promoting them and elevating them and getting them out there so yeah uh-huh. i can kind of go on about that but I'll, I'll stop there for now um so if you're a woman listening though and you're here's can i say this one thing if you're a woman Please. listening so here's what I hear a lot from all kinds of people, women, you know, all kinds of people. And, and we talked to some, some business businesses as well, you know, where we're talking to maybe a handful of people from a company who are interested in podcasting. So I hear this all the time that like, um, there's somebody else already talking about this, or there's already a lot of podcasts on my topic, whatever. Um, and you know, my response to that is, but they're not you. Right. They don't, they're not bringing your experience and your perspective and your, you know, uh, just all of the, the stuff that makes you, you. And even if it's a business, like right each bit, you know, business has its own particular way of working with clients or whatever. So yeah, I, I want people to know there's, there's a space for that. There's a place for it. And there's an audience for it. There really is. And, um, And I, but I think that's part of what has also stopped women. I think we stop our, I think men are kind of like, oh, well, I got a lot to say. I'm going to say it. And, um, which is great. I applaud that. Right. And I just think we just need to step up and do the same thing and be like, you know, what step into our expertise and our knowledge and, um, and share it. Oh, I love this. Well, I, so much to say on this. Uh, and
0: I'll start by saying one of the things that I love now is I will get incredible incredible messages, emails from people who've told me, thank you for recording that podcast episode. It's It was exactly what I needed to hear. Or that guest expert told me something that I needed to know. Or I so appreciate, like, in fact, I've now heard people, a lot of women who, I'll just go back for a second. Uh, why I started this originally is because I felt like I, I'm i in this midlife stage of life and I wanted to be able to talk about the riches of midlife. Um and having a business at this phase and stage of life and all the things that happen, the great, the hard, the, all of it. And so one of the things that's recurring is I get a lot of messages from women who are growing their business. Some of them are doing it alone and they'll say to me, I don't feel alone. I actually feel really supported knowing that you're talking to me and some of the situations I'm going through. And that feeds me Because I know that I'm reaching women who want to have a business at this phase and stage of life. They might be single or they might be a solo business owner running their business from home. So it's, it's sort of like getting out of my own way about my fear, right. Right. And putting myself back into the serve side, which is what you were talking about, Mm -hmm. the empathy. So I want to bring this full circle and a lot of people I know really get in their heads about oh I'm not as experienced in this or who am I to do this but when you flip it around and think I'm reaching one person I'm reaching someone who and this can make a difference I don't I, I stop thinking about overthinking and just say who can I serve and how can I make a
1: difference um so we're so in connection um yeah. On this. 100%. I mean, when I listen to your podcast and I do I do listen um pretty regularly. First of all, I mean, a lot of your messages resonate with me uh, because I am a midlife woman and I'm running a business and and so you're you're talking to me, right? Um and and there is that sense and I want people to know, hear this too. That's what I think part of the power of podcasting, right, is that we have uh, humans are somewhat hardwired, right? We know this. I, this is podcasting. Did not make this up. This has been for for generations, really, right? We're hardwired to really kind of learn through stories mm-hmm. and through sort of these conversations. And so, so it's it's a so there's already this advantage, right? There's this built-in advantage for people really understanding your message when you're explaining things verbally. You know, one of the trends that I'll go back to you as well supports this not no no one's going to be surprised by this but you know 75% of people who listen to a podcast are listening to learn something new to really or to understand something in a new way and mm-hmm. you know that's powerful if you're like okay i'm an expert at x y or z like i i know a lot about this um you don't have to use the term expert if that bothers you but you know a lot about what you know you know what you know mm-hmm there's somebody out there who's genuinely looking for that. And when they are listening to podcasts, again, you know, 75% of the audience and, you know, even if that's a hundred people, right, 75 people are listening to your information with this true desire to learn something or to see something in a new way or to, you know, get a new perspective on something. Um, And that's so powerful. I don't know, you know, there's, that's, I I just feel like that's a huge opportunity. And, um, you know, if it feels like it's the right thing, I I just want people to know that they can embrace that. And it doesn't mean that you have to, every episode has to be how to do X, Y, you know, how to do something. It could just be like, Hey, I'm going to explain my, you did something. I think on one of your episodes last year, where you talked a little bit about your routine in your day or, um, the, and you know that again, you know, that's not something that you maybe even consider yourself an expert on right but that was something that provided for me as another business owner with lots of different priorities and lots of things that i'm responsible for right i got a lot from that episode because it was like oh you know like i'm looking at it from somebody else's perspective and somebody else who has sort of a different way of approaching this and um again you know it was super helpful i think that's that's a great easy example for people to understand
0: Thank you. Yes. And there's so many things we can talk about, about all of this. I will tell you one of the things, because a lot of people wonder about like, what do they come up with for content and like, do I have enough content and how do I handle my content? (laughs) And I know you're brilliant at this because I watched you at the event, talk to people like, you should have a podcast. You should have a podcast. You can, you have so much content. And I was like, oh my gosh, it just made me think like, there's so many things we can talk about. And so I'll share with you one of the things that came up for me recently was, um, from my perspective, I, I tell my clients to use podcasting as a strategy to get out there and generate more interest in their business. So you know, as a speaker on a podcast, I want my clients to do that. And then at a certain stage of business, I do love it when my clients start their own podcasts. But what I did was I created an episode about podcast pitching from a podcast host perspective. Because there's so many people who will tell you, you know, from the agency side or from another perspective, I'm like, here's what I'm looking for as a podcast host, right? Here's how you can approach me as a podcast host. Here's what other people might want to think about or learn. And so I'm always sort of looking at another angle that hasn't been talked about, but would be helpful for someone to know so that they can get on a podcast because
1: ultimately that's what I want them to do. Right. Yeah. No. And you're great at this, too. And because I can tell you, I get pitches every day of the week, you know, multiple pitches sometimes, and they're um, they're not very good. Right. So uh, some of them (laughs) are horrible. Some of them, it's so so clear. They have no idea what I even talk about, like they're just going through a list somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, So I love the work that you do around this. And I do think it's really I, I think it's a super smart strategy. For people to again you're leveraging other people's audience and which is and which is a great idea it's a sound that's a sound business principle and you're also providing value you're also giving yourself the ability to. Um, uh, just demonstrate your expertise, but in a from a place of service from a place of being helpful and you know a genuine desire to just bring some additional value to somebody else's audience. Um, I just think it's one of the I'm with you, I think it's, it's a, one of the best ways. I think to um, expand your reach and maybe connect with some other people. Um, there's so many upside benefits to it. And, you know, I, I, and I love that you're teaching people a good way to do this, so that uh, both the podcaster and and who's hosting a show, um, you know, they're going to benefit and they're gonna they're gonna get something from the experience as well. Like that's just so smart. It's such a smart strategy.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I, I want to say one of the things that I think is a, a lot of times people put all their eggs in one basket or they'll hire someone or they'll have their VA do all of this for them. And then they put it all into one basket and they're like, it's not working. It's not working. I'm like, it's one thing. It's not the only thing you're going to do to be able to get your message out. So similar to what you were saying before about you pick up the phone a couple of times a week, or you have that list. It's not the only way that you're getting your business out in to other people um, or known to other people, but it's one way. And so I like people to know how to do it. So it becomes effective for them.
1: Yeah, no, I think, and it's, it's, yeah, it's super smart. And I think too, what's giving them right. We, then we get experience. And mm-hmm. so it's a good way to find out, is podcasting for you? I mean, you know, you might never want to do, have your own, but if right. you go on a few shows and you love it and you're like, I love this experience, I love, I love everything about it, and it's really feeding you, then that might be an indication that perhaps maybe, you know, this is a good platform for you to investigate. Um, but, yep. you know, I think, I think starting as a guest and bringing your expertise and value and information to, uh, to somebody else's show first, I think is a really, really good way to start. I love this.
0: Um, I have so many more questions for you. Um, and one of the things I I really want to talk a little bit more about is what it is that you at at what stage do you think it makes sense for someone to say, I'm ready to have my own podcast. What, what, what are some of the secret ingredients that make the
1: timing really ideal? So, um, a couple of things. So one thing I do want to share, I want people to, one of the reasons that I like podcasting so much, because there's also video and other things that you can do that are also effective. But one of the reasons I like podcasting so much is that it's so forgiving, right? Um, most podcasts, I, I know you do and I do, are edited, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't have to be perfect. We can we can stop. We can pause. We can re-ask a question. And we don't have to worry about hair and makeup and whatever, right? So that's also a benefit <laughs> for me as for well. For me too. <laughs> um yeah so and, and i think that's a benefit for a lot of people right i think there's a lot of people who are like i love the idea of doing video but i'm never going to do that like i just i'm never going to be super comfortable doing that at least mm-hmm. not in big doses right maybe a little bit here and there okay so if you're you know i think another good stage is when you feel like i think um that you know you have a lot to say and you have a, a message that you know you want to get out And and there's some signs of that when Couple of things are going to happen. One is that your messaging starting to resonate already, whether it's on social media or your emails. You know, people are really starting to respond. Um, we had a client that that went through this, and she she's a coach for um, teenage athletes, high performing teenage athletes, mm-hmm. like people that want to go to the Olympics. And she had a couple of um, this was years ago, and she had a couple of Facebook post that went kind of crazy viral. Like she just kind of tapped into something that a bunch of parents were like, oh my God, we need to know more. We need to know more. We need to know more. And she was like, I have so much to say on this topic. So that's kind of a nice indication. Mm -hmm. And the other indicator can be, and this happens a lot. I talked to lots of clients in this boat, which is you see somebody else in your field or area of expertise, who probably doesn't do work as well as you do, who's probably not as um, providing the, the highest amount of value, but they're um, but, but they're but they're getting some big you're seeing kind of their stuff everywhere, right? You're sort of seeing I think that's a good example. Um, and I think all of us if you've done a lot if you've been in online marketing for more than a couple of months, most of us have had this experience. Like we see somebody else kind of playing in our space and we're like, oh my gosh, like all the stuff they're saying, and they're saying it like the brand new to them, like they just learned this yesterday. And you're like, this is stuff I have known for, a ye- like I have, I've been, I've been talking about this, right, to my right. clients for months or for years. And, and right, I think everybody's had, I won't say everybody, but a lot of us have had this experience. And I think that is a good indication that you have a strong message and and the frustration is not that your message isn't good it's just that you're not reaching a big enough platform and and and, okay. are, and i think that's a sign of that and then you know go to genie and, and she'll help you figure that out um figure out a way to get through that or, or or set up a podcast or whatever there's a couple of different ways but when that frustration is don't just get upset and be frustrated figure out like how am i going to solve that problem because i don't want to be the best kept secret anymore
0: Yeah, thank you so much for saying all that, Phyllis, because I think that this is really, there's the competition piece, there's the awareness that there are people out there, right? And so on one hand, it can be, oh, somebody's talking about this already, my message doesn't need to be said. But if you flip it around, um, and you're like, wait a minute, I do have a lot of expertise and own that expertise, because that goes back to what you were saying earlier, and look at it and say, how can I take this and, and what I know, and share it with more people, so my message gets out. And I, I, you've probably told me this. I know other people have said this. People will not always resonate with the same people, right? Like they will. Right. That's right. They need to learn from their people, right, or whoever they are. And so, your voice belongs out there, and your expertise can be shared. Um, Which brings me to another question here. With sound advice strategies, I think one of the things that I know with the work that you do is you simplify, you make it a little bit easier for the podcast hosts for running a podcast. So I'd love for you to talk about not only like the running of it, but also what you know about monetizing, um, you know, monetizing your, your expertise through your audio content. So can we go a little deeper into that too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I love this because most of our clients, uh, we have, there's a couple of exceptions, but almost all of our clients are using podcasts as a uh, a form of marketing, right? It's a form of their, if, if they were going to put it on a budget, right? It would fall under like marketing, a marketing expense budget, mm-hmm. right? Um, to, to reach a, a, their audience base, right? And they're talking to their clients, they're talking to prospective new clients. So there's a couple of ways, right? First of all, I mean, if you get a large enough audience, you can just, you can monetize your podcast directly, we call it, like to, with ads and sponsorships. Um, that's, um, I think, I want to, I want to speak to that because I think as mm-hmm. listeners, right, we hear that a lot and we hear ads and that kind of thing. Um I think it's, it's a it's a way to take advantage of the message that you have in the platform that you have, and I don't want to minimize that because it is a way mm-hmm. to do it. Most of us, and most businesses in particular, or most people taking this as a business approach, may not go that route. Um you have to have there's some pretty big audience, there's some pretty big download numbers and some metrics that you have to meet to sort of really make that pay off. Okay. And it may or may not be your goal. Uh, right. Most of us do what I would call indirect, right? Which is where we're going mm-hmm. to make connections and develop relationships with the podcast. And Jeannie is great at this. And mm-hmm. then we're going to lead them to take an action. Basically, we call it indirect, right? So they're going to take an action outside the podcast, which again, most for most of us is going to be getting on an email list where I can then share additional information and nurture them in a different way, pro- continue to provide good content and make offers for them to whether it's join my membership or sign up for my coaching program or buy my book or whatever that is for you and your business model. Great. That is by far the most, um, I think, uh, the most effective, first of all, and, and here's the good news I want people to hear, that you have to have a little bit of a plan there. And this is, I know, something yes. that Jean is really good at helping her clients with is coming up with that. I call it sort of the gap, right? There's a gap from listening and then how does that listener become a client, right? And there's like a little bit of a bridge where we go from being a listener and to being a listener and a client. And mm-hmm. so we there's a couple of really easy, effective ways to do that. Um, and I won't get into detail with that here. But once you do that, then, um, you know, download numbers become a lot less immaterial. So we have some clients who get modest download numbers, two or 300 maybe listens a month but it brings in two or three new client opportunities, you know, every month or so. And that's perfect for them, right? They're they're One of them sells a really uh, like a five figure, six figure, I don't think it's six figure yet, but it's a mid five Mm -hmm. figure program, right? She doesn't need hundreds and hundreds of clients. She wants two or three new clients a quarter, right? Right. And her podcast brings that in for her. She's talking to a very specific person. There are a lot of, not many people are going to pay 50 or $60,000 for a coaching program. And mm-hmm. she knows that. So she's talking very specifically to those people who are in the field for that sort of thing. And and that's just one example. There's all kinds of others. So I think that's yeah. one thing. And the other thing that I think gets overlooked sometimes is the ability with your podcast and because you own now this platform um is the ability to also come into like partnerships or um some you know kind of partnerships and engagements with other people like right when you can find uh we call Mm -hmm. them shoulder industries but right where you can find other people who are maybe talking to the same audience right where you're talking to the similar audience person but you're Mm -hmm. not in doing in in non competing businesses right and so now you have the ability to do some really cool collaborations one of uh, one of our clients has done this where she's done, they've done it more than once because it's been so successful. So she's gone on to somebody else's podcast mm-hmm. and they do a little interview there and then they come on to her podcast. I know you did this with, um, mm-hmm. Patty and I did it. Oh, her name, excuse me. Huh? Oh, Patty and I did it. And
0: Donna and I have done Donna.
1: This. I, well, I just mm-hmm. heard the one with Donna, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, I just, I think this is also, um, just a, a really great way to leverage and, and monetize we've had. Um, and sometimes you know those obviously just open doors to additional opportunities so i think um when when podcasting just like any content right you want to look for the opportunity to open doors and and open the ability to just further the conversation so we have i'll give you two other examples this is not super common right but we've had people from the strength of their podcast get book deals right Mm. somebody said your podcast is great they have a pretty good size following and they're like you know that's Mm -hmm. that's happened a number of times um and also obviously now that people are going to events again and and are going on real life stages which i know something that Jeannie's really uh, knows a lot about Mm -hmm. you know podcasting can open up to that kind of opportunity too where you have the ability to maybe go speak in person somewhere and leverage your podcast in that way um so i I'll stop yeah. there, but there's lots of, ways. I think the most common though, if you're sitting here listening and you have a small business or your small business owner, you know, the 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 best way is going to be to be really intentional about who you talk to and figure mm-hmm. out like a, a nice way for those people to connect with you um, in the podcast and also beyond the podcast. And that's going to lead mm-hmm. to, that's going to lead to revenue. It's going to lead to new clients. This is so good because I think Where I love talking
0: about all of this is strategy and, and you talked about indirect versus direct and direct, obviously, when we're looking at making money from a podcast, maybe through sponsorship or advertising, it's a whole different strategy versus are you going to direct people you know, through the indirect method, are you going to direct people into your funnel? And I create uh, what I call speaking funnels for my clients or work with them and teach them this speaking funnel process, but basically what's going to be the next step. And I love the way you talk about this as a bridge, because it's it's truly that it's like, how do you turn a listener into a lead and turn that lead into a client? And it's not like, uh, like, if if that's ultimately your goal with your, you know, your, your marketing on your platform with your podcast versus monetizing it through sponsorships and ads, you know, neither strategy is, isn't, isn't, I mean, there's nothing wrong with either one, but you have to know your strategy and know what your end goals are, where you're going,
1: um, and then having a plan to right. do and, it. And, and I will say for, if, Again, we've been doing this for five years. We've helped over 50 companies launch a podcast and we work, we we do, I, I forget the number because it changes. We've just added new clients, but, you know, we're helping people produce, I think we're up to about 30 or 40 episodes a week. And, oh, you know, awesome. so, and I'm telling you this from a place of seeing all of that. And we have some clients who have huge download numbers and they get ads and sponsors and so forth they're in the minority and it is much that I, I i hear i want people to hear this because i think they we they have this feeling that it's that's going to be the easier way to make money and mm-hmm. it's not the easier way is to be smart about who you're talking to and have a great way to serve them and bring them over just like jeannie was saying yes. you're going to make more money that way with less effort uh, hear me now unless you just want to be what I would call pod famous. And and there are some people who do, and they, this is their goal. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. We have a couple of yeah. clients who, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but just know like Jeannie's right. It's a totally different strategy. And I will tell you, it's also much, much harder, but you, yes. you, you need to be willing to basically podcasting has to become your full-time job. And, um, you have to be willing to, to put kind of everything into it and again there's nothing wrong with that if you want to do that we're happy to help you do that but um, most of our clients are are not worried you know again a mm-hmm. couple of thousand downloads a month and it's bringing in new business and new opportunities and new leads and new sales conversations and yep. you know they're they're thrilled they get to keep talking about stuff they love to talk about and then they get to serve their clients on the other side and it's, it's a really nice it's just a really nice kind of happy, happy place to, to have things.
0: Oh, it's it's so good. I mean, in my area, I, I you know, I know so much more about speaking funnels um, and sales funnels that I know anything about like sponsorships. I don't know anything about that, but I know that if someone wants to figure that out, I'm going to send them over to you. And also with starting a podcast and figuring out the strategy around their podcast, I know that I can send them over to you and they're going to be fully supported as well. Um, I love the term pod famous. I thought that was so cool. Um, I have a couple more questions for you on on this, because I think that this is really an important piece. I recognized a couple of years ago that I'm a verbal processor and I don't love necessarily taking my content and typing it out in a blog post, but I think that there's, some great things that we can do with repurposing our content to make it easier. And I'd love to know, you know, for somebody who's just getting started with their content, you know, what's one thing that you would recommend that they start thinking about as they're coming up with this content? Um, uh, You know, they've already had some, or they're trying to figure out what to come up with next. Um, What's just one pin you could put in this to help someone who's thinking i'm not even sure where to start with my content if i start a podcast what would you tell them to think
1: about um that is such a good question so i mean i think a couple of things i mean first of all you know for all of us in our in our businesses and our respective uh, areas of expertise there's some core information and core content that we really can't talk about too much right? Like Jeannie, like, I mean, I know that you have stuff that you, you know, you know, every single client needs help with this. And some of it, uh, I think often some of it's a little bit of a tactical and a strategy along with a mindset shift, right? So I think that happens a lot in our business. I think it probably happens a lot in your business, but I would tell people to um, be really, really pay attention to the stuff that, you know, the best, the stuff that, you know, the stuff that you're telling people all the time, the, the questions that come up every time—the the, the stuff that's like really in your industry too. If you want to look, you know, some people are like, "Well, I'm a coach, and every client's different, and whatever." It's like, so okay, so look at your industry, right? Like, what's yeah. really happening in your industry where you have like a strong opinion and and you have a really specific uh, perspective? That's a great place to start. And then just some basic fundamentals. Also, one of the things I like to tell people when you're stuck about this um is. What would a client who wants to hire you like? If I wanted to hire, if somebody wants to hire Jeannie to help them come up with their sales and marketing strategy to bring business, their you know their business, and this is something a gen, Jeannie's just a genius at. You know, what are they going to be typing into the search bar, right? Like that's kind of like a good jumping off point. Like somebody might be typing in, "How do I set up a sales funnel?" or whatever. Jeannie probably can't talk about that too much. Just what, like literally, <laughs> right. what are they? what what are mm-hmm. they why are they important how do they work um what are some good examples w- you know why am i we need more than one well, i don't know like she, mm-hmm. you know, all of it like yeah. she's talking about speaker funnels right which is like a term i, I it's kind of new to me and i'm i'm like all ears right like now i'm like i'm going to be typing like what's a speaker funnel so um you know <laughs> i so, don't know if
0: i made it up but that's what i keep thinking no i love it i
1: think you should totally you should own it it's, mm-hmm. it's, you should own that term um and so that's, I think, just a great place to start. To start with the stuff that you know the best, that you know you're talking about all the time, the questions you're answering every single day, the stuff that you, when you see something online and you see somebody else in your industry and you're like, oh, that's not right that's not really, that's not really like the, that's, you know, whatever, like we all have those thoughts and you don't have to call anybody out. You can just be like, here's what I know. And here's what I've seen work. And here's what I know um, is the best practice in my industry. That kind of place start there. It's just, and honestly, you don't have to deviate from that too much. When we start working with somebody new um, and we help people with all this planning and and I don't want to wash over this, but I do want people to know, like we help with all the technology part of it so that you can just focus on the content, focus on the stuff, you know, well, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we actually have to help people kind of identify this little sort of essential kind of messaging piece. And then we, we literally make them kind of together it's collaborative, but we come up with a list of like 25 ways to talk about it. Right. So that they can just really understand, like, because there are some things we can't talk about too much, um, and I also want to go back mm-hmm. to big, big brands. So, cause some people are like, Oh, I've already talked about this three times. Okay. So I want to think about big brands like Nike or um, I don't know. What's another, I'm trying to look at my, what's another big brand. I don't know. Right. They're, mm-hmm. th- you know, their their messaging has been the same for 25 years. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and they're talking about like the just do it and all that, like over and over and over in, in all these different ways of regarding all these different products. So, you know, yeah, I'll stop yeah. there, but I just oh, that's so great. Good. That's the best possible place to start. And not only is it going to be easier for you, it's also going to be what really resonates with your audience the fastest, right? You're not they're not going to have to make a whole lot of like links, they're not going to have to sort of follow a really long um like uh Storyline about it right it's immediately going to click in their brain like oh this is what she's good at and this is what she's talking about and she oh she's talking like literally you know i'm going to look now genie's whole pot library of content for funnels and like i'm going to listen to all of them because that's something i don't <laughs> you know i want to know more about so and then we see that happen all the time too like you know yeah. oh my god i could go on about this but
0: Phyllis, you're so generous in so many ways. the question, I hope it helped. <laughs> it totally did. And this is what I really enjoy about uh, everything that you know. You are extremely generous. You're generous with your information, and you're so passionate about helping people. And I—that's why I was so excited to have you on the show. So for anyone who's listening, who's thinking about starting a podcast or wanting to know Phyllis and everything that she knows, please start to follow her. You need to go on over to Sound Advice Strategies. You also have a free resource that I believe you were going to share with our listeners. Uh, so Phyllis, what is that? Tell That's us more about
1: do. it. Yep, I will I do. If you go to sound um, there's something on the homepage, but if also if you go to just sound forward slash resource, it the page will be there. It's a uh, it's three short audios. All of them will only take all three of them together, gonna take you about 20 minutes to listen to, and there's a little checklist. But where we talk about some of these very basic things, like the essential, the way to get to your essential message, the way to um, figure out how to, to do that, um, just to really some core things. And I think for some people, if, if again, if you're not sure podcasting is right for you, this content is really meant to answer a lot of those questions. You know, is it right? If it's right, what would be the first couple of steps I need to make? Um, I think it's w- that we created it specifically for that so that people could kind of get a feel for, um, you know, an answer to some of those questions. You know, how do I right. figure out if this is right for me? And if it feels like it's right for me, what would be the first one or two things I should do?
0: Awesome. I love this. I have two more questions for you. So uh, for everybody, make sure you're on over to soundadvicestrategies.com forward slash resources. And you're going to find that we'll have the link in the show notes and everything you can learn more about Phyllis. Uh, we're going to make sure that you have the link to to go on over and. Connect further, um, but it, my two final questions. There, one of my podcasts that I love listening to is called Smartless, and one of the things I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but I, I like it because it's um, it's three interviewers, and they always bring in a surprise guest, and they refer to it's Jason Bateman. Now I'm drawing a blank, um, but anyway, wow. um, you may have heard of it. But um, one of the things that they always refer to is their um, listener. And they're like, and it's a joke, but they're like, okay, listener, or they do the advertising or whatever around listener. But it's always so funny to me because I think about, you know, I, when I was first coming up with this, I was like, who am I really talking to? And I've got one ideal listener. So I always go back to this. I think about, um, so anyway, I just consume their podcast all the time. I listen to it all the time. I love it. I love watching their style. And I'm curious. What's a podcast that you listen to, you go back to again and again, and, and why?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I listen to tons and tons. Um, um, can I list two? Sure, please. Okay. So uh, we have tons of client podcasts that are really, really good. Um, I almost kind of hate to pick one, but I'm going to pick one because I think um, it's such a good example of somebody just really honing in. It's called Best Lay Plans. Okay by Sarah Hart Unger. And she talks about planners and planning. And honestly, that's it. And she's almost to 200 episodes. And it is, it's, um, I love the idea of planning, but I don't know that I'm the best planner in the world, but it's it's fascinating. And I think it's a really good example. When people ask me for examples of like being really targeted and specific, it's such a good example of that. And she also, she's just a lovely person and she's, it's a great show. It's It's really good. Um, another show that I like to listen to a lot. Um, there are a couple. Like I really have uh, loved Brene Brown's um, uh, "Unlocking Us" podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I love Brene Brown's stuff, so I, I liked her stuff there too. Uh, that's one that I go back to um, fairly often. Um, I don't know. There's just something about uh, some of the topics that she talks about. It's, okay. um, you know, and and also I think I love the. There's always a storytelling element there. I feel like I could. I could, I always am working on improving my storytelling capability. I don't feel like that's my strength. And so, um, I love to kind of pay attention to that, right? Like how is she weaving like a, a really important message into a story?
0: Love that. I know I can always learn so much more about how we like from other people who have these podcasts, like their style. So I love learning. My last question, because you mentioned this is when you're not listening to podcasts, um, you're reading and
1: I'm wondering what your favorite genre is or
0: is there a particular book
1: that you like oh gosh I oh my god again I could list a ton um but so I love to read um fiction if I'm reading fiction it's going to be like a murder mystery kind of book those Mm -hmm. I like hands down are my favorite so I've read like all the James Patterson stuff and also Mm -hmm. um oh my god there's just tons there's um Couple of other women writers have done it, but anyway. So murder mysteries for sure. And if anybody has any good recommendations, I'm all here for it because I literally, I, I sometimes I'll read a book in like a weekend. Um, and then for for nonfiction stuff, I mean, there's a lot of really good writers um, lately. I just recently read a book by uh, Donald Miller, who's the story brand guy. That was really good, but it was about. Um, hold on, I think. Let me see. I think I have it right here. Called Hero on a Mission. Um, but it was sort of about setting up like your, like part of this exercise is like writing your own, um, like obituary, right? So like looking forward, I know it's kind of, I haven't done it. I didn't, I read about it. I didn't do the exercise, but anyway, so I've read that recently. Uh, Laura Vanderkam has a new book out called Tranquility by Tuesday. And I'm in the middle of that currently as well, which is really good. And are you a listener? like do you read do you actually read or do you
0: are you on audible like do you listen I, to your
1: book i read mostly i have i have listened to a couple of books on audible but i um i actually really like to read Me too. Um, <laughs> m- m- more than there's a couple of books like there's a couple of, of biographies autobiographies that i listened to that i found to be a really good experience because it's the the um person kind of telling their own story that i thought was yeah. really good but um and a, a, Fiction, especially, I cannot listen to. Like, I, I, that. Has, I Mm-mm. tried that once and I was like, oh no, like 10 minutes in, I'm like, this is not going to work. <laughs> no, um, yeah. I'm ready So, there uh, <laughs> so yeah. And I like to read and I actually am a really fast reader. I don't know. I just feel like I can, uh, it's it, it, depending again on my, you know, how much time I have or whatever, like, you know, I, yeah, I, it, yeah my brother cracks up. I, I, you know, I sh- we go to beach vacations and, you know, I show up with like five books in my suitcase, you know, and he's like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit. <laughs> that's on that exactly, beach and read. That's exactly what we do.
0: So my daughter is a big reader. I am too and so of course we're like what books are you gonna bring I'm gonna bring these and we purposely do it so we could swap oh, so yes.
1: it's I love great. it. So, so tell me like what's something recently that you've read that you would recommend to me I will put it on my list
0: oh well I read The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna so that was a book I read not that long ago and so now I'm like oh I'm, I'll read another one of hers um that was good and I, uh, on a fairly recent vacation, I read uh, Where the Crawdads Sing, which I thought was really good.
1: Uh-huh. And on my list, I feel like I'm late to the game on that. I have not read it, but I'm glad you uh, mentioned that because I, I know I, I've got to, I really have to get to that. You're
0: going li- to, I think you're going to like it you're, because yeah. of some, a hint that you said earlier about what you like for books. I think you're going to like that. Yeah. Um and I, you know, I read a lot of business books because I'm always like learning for business. And so when I go on vacation, I purposely leave my business books at home because I just, I, I, I want to shut down my brain. Um, but the one book that I got um, recently was actually recommended and it's good morning, good night. And it's little pep talks for me and you by Lynn manuel Miranda and Ooh. so it's one of the things I really like about it is you start your day reading, but like, you know, good morning, how are you going to face the day? And then it says, good night, you know, how did you handle the day kind of thing? But basically it was all of his thoughts and poems. And, you know, it's sort of in- inspirational. And I like to, I like to, I start my day positively and close my day feeling like, okay, how am I going to appreciate and and stay on a positive note? Because so much happens between my my eyes opening
1: and my eyes closing right right everyone right says that. i love that I, ha, I was not aware of that book so i will definitely check it out and i think you're smart too because i think i do think um you know i mean each you know we, we 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 sort of intellectually know that every day is a gift and we really want to be mindful and 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 appreciative of of our days right but I yeah. i think sometimes right just having that even just five minutes at the end of the day where you're like, Oh, well, you know, I'm going to look back and be thankful for the conversations I had, or the the work I got done, or, or just the fact that I had a good day or whatever, you know, I think um, uh, I know I'm, I'm the first one to be like, let's, what's next on the list. Right. Instead of going, yeah. Oh, Hey, you know, let's just pause for just a minute and be like, Oh, you know, we had a day.
0: Well, and and I don't know. I mean, I think you're very much like me. We're both strategists, and so we're thinking and figuring things out, and we're doing it for ourselves or for our clients. And so, for me, all all day long, and I love doing it. My brain just works that way. Like, how can I figure this out? I'm a problem solver. So at the end of the day, you know, I I've worked on a funnel or figuring out a plan or like what's going on with helping someone create recurring revenue in whatever area, and I'm like, hold on, I gotta stop thinking. And just chill my brain, and yeah. so whatever that looks like, sometimes it's it's a book that has nothing to do with business, or it's a right. book that has nothing to do with even a strategy or a plan or a problem I have to solve. It's kind of like, in fact, the one book that I'm reading, it's not even reading, but it's it's called um, Love Yourself, and it's um, it's actually a journal that I got. I'll put it in the link um, the links below but it's um, called love yourself first. And it's by this woman, her name is Ruth Ridgeway. And um, she's all about really like, how do you take care of yourself? And so I downloaded it, purchased it. It's this $9 journal. And so that's one of my practices. It's like, how do I love, I start my day, like appreciating myself um, and loving myself. So, (laughs) you know,
1: I love And you know, I love that. That's something too that just for people that don't know, haven't been to your events. Um, you know, that's something that Jeannie even put into her event. That was fairly, it was pretty much business focused, but she had, um, uh, intentionally brought some of that sort of self-care component into her work. And I know you talk about this on your podcast somewhat regularly too. Um, I just kind of want to acknowledge that too, because I don't think, first of all, I think it's a really kind of unique to Jeannie kind of thing, which is awesome. But I also feel like it's something that... um we don't probably get enough of right so i'm really appreciative that you bring that into your work, and I know you, I know you help your clients with that as well. Um, but it, it, it's, it's super valuable and I think it, it, it's easy to overlook, especially for people like us so i'm really appreciative that you are really intentional with it it's a good it's, it's a good reminder and I think i'm sure you're. It's probably another one of those reasons why your clients love working with you so much.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I'll I'll tell you very briefly because I know we could go on forever, and obviously we are. <laughs> In some ways, we're you know our our listeners are. Hopefully, they're still with us. I think that they probably are because this is such a good podcast episode. But I will I will tell you that one of the things that's become important to me is realizing that this is such a chapter that we can really take good care of ourselves. And my mindset for a very long time. I saw a post I had written a couple of years ago was, I believed I didn't need to take care of myself anymore. I believed that I was at a certain age that I didn't have to think about like my self-care. And when I started taking care of myself, I noticed how I was, uh, I, how things shifted in my business and what became a priority. And so I'm very much about designing a business and and self-care is included in that because this can be our best chapter in so many ways. And so it's having the right mindset around it and having a self-care routine and prioritizing that because for the first 10 years of my business, I pushed hard. I took all of the energy that I learned yeah. from before into my business. And I didn't I sort of didn't take good care of myself. Um so I am passionate about not repeating some of what I did. So I'm very intentional about how I grow my business now um, for this next greatest chapter.
1: Um, and I'm so glad. I think it's a huge service um, for your listeners and for your clients. It's just a, and it's such a, it's just a genuine unique piece of how you do your business. It's, 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 it's pretty incredible. I don't wanna underestimate it cause it's not, it's unique. It's not something a lot of people, understand. And I think it's very cool that you do. It's awesome. Thank and you, thank Philly. you so much for having me. I'm, this has just been delightful and I I've, uh, it's just been wonderful. I've just enjoyed it so much.
0: Thank you again. And we'll have to have you back for another episode because we could clearly go on for, you know, another six episodes. So the Thank you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for your time. For all of our listeners, because I know there's more than one here listening, um, please take a look at Phyllis's website. Get to know her. She's just an incredible resource and an amazing human being. And thank you again for being here. And for all of you who are listening, thank you. Uh, If you are passionate about growing your business, especially at midlife, and you're trying to monetize it and make it easier and take the complicated complication out of creating recurring revenue and more money in your business. I'm happy to support you. There's more resources available for you at geniespyro.com. That's all we have for you for this episode. I can't wait to see you on the next one. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.